0: hey everyone and welcome to the I think it'll be the third part of our pride episode on the, pod, on the podcast and we will be exploring a really I think a unique story but also a story that I know you guys will be able to resonate with some of you when it comes to actually still coming to terms with parts of your identity still exploring still learning to feel comfortable and valid in and yes yeah, still questioning different things and i know that um even within my community of of queer people where we you know have a lot of people who identify as, as lesbians um we're, there's still elements of ourselves that we are consistently exploring and I think um, the story today will be really important to have a chat about. Um, I want to introduce you to Whitney who has, has expressed to me wondering where her story fits in and you can correct me with my language but wondering where her story fits in but what she has already told me mirrors so many of the thoughts and the doubts that I've had before. And I know that people in my community have had before. So um, I've, just to be really clear with, your story is so valid and so needed, and I'm so looking forward to hearing it. So thank you for being here, babe.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am, the first thing I would like to know is, I would love to know first off what your pronouns are, just so I can address you properly.
1: Of course. I am. Um, I? My, my good start. <laughs> <laughs> my friend is she.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about you because you've been on a journey in the last year, life-wise as well? Can you tell us a little bit about you and where you're at at the moment?
1: Of course. Um, so I'm 27. I am from Melbourne and for the last uh, seven or so years had my own business doing cosmetic tattooing, which is how we met. I did your brow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which are looking fly these days. (laughs) Which are (laughs) gorgeous. I recently made a huge decision to step away from the business um, and just take a little bit of a break to prioritise my physical and mental health that I feel like needed a bit of attention. I'm up in Sydney at the moment just doing a bit of casual work in a beautiful little boutique that my friend owns and it's just been, yeah, a bit of an introspective time and really nice to kind of take a break from, you know, something that was a big part of my identity um, for so many years and, yeah, just have a bit of a reset and figure out what my next steps are moving forward.
0: Mm. I think it's really, really brave and I think about doing it sometimes, like just stripping back something that's become such a core part of my identity, which is being Mm -hmm. a business owner and working for myself. Um, And I think I I loved chatting with you about um, just before we hopped on here that you have taken the time to let yourself reset and you did just get to a point of saying enough's enough, I want to do the best thing for myself. Um, and I feel really privileged that we're talking to you in this place where you're in a place of introspection and, and figuring out what you want.
1: Totally. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we were having a little chat before. I mm. think you'll I feel like it's a really good time to be talking about them. Mm. Perfect time.
0: Yeah. Um. Now, I would love to chat about this even whichever way you see fit because um, everyone's story is different. Do you want to talk us through a little bit about your your queer journey, so to speak, or what you um, what you realised about yourself? And on that, do you identify with a label at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think maybe I'll start with the last question. Yeah, I definitely i I kind of oscillate between um, identifying as bisexual or pansexual, yeah. and then to be honest, there's a bit of a third one in the mix. I just kind of don't like to put a label on it. I just, I like girls and I like boys and that's, you know, that's fine. And in different kind of seasons of life, I think I'm more gravitated towards one or the other. Mm. Um, And sometimes it's both and that's fun. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I've definitely struggled, I think, putting the name on it because I went from having never had a relationship to then, you know, within the first couple of months of, of coming out and saying you know this is a part of who I am mm. um I ended up in a relationship with someone a, a woman who was just not right for me mm. um I at the time I thought I'm a lesbian I'm gay like this is me and I went from being straight to being gay mm. and then yeah the relationship was sort of hard and fast mm. um, and it ended the same way And then not long after I ended up in a relationship with a man Mm -hmm. and that was really confusing for me because I was like, okay, am I back to being straight again? Mm -hmm. Was that experience, is that not valid anymore? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was really confusing and then, you know, kind of explored a little bit since then. Um, But, yeah, I find it hard when I pop myself in a box Mm -hmm. because i jumped between the two. I think what feels true to me is I guess bisexual or pansexual. Because mm-hmm. um, both. But um, yeah, I think I've struggled with some of my friendships with them sort of not validating that experience because it was only a small period of time that I was, you know, committed relationship with a woman, that, that means, you know, like I had a friend recently say um when I mentioned that I was coming on the podcast. And she goes, oh, are you going to speak about that time you're a lesbian for five minutes? Mm. it's it's an interesting experience because it does feel very invalidating when it was I know it was it was true to me mm. um it is a part of of who I am but um yeah I mm. think we'll bisexual but I'm the label for me still feels a little bit yeah you know.
0: mm. and there's so many layers to what you just said like it made me think of how romantic relationships are prioritized or valued above um sexual attraction or like intimate attraction um because no one like who is to say that you're not seeing a woman down the street today and being like oh my god every day right and yeah. To, yeah. to reduce it down to what the committed monogamous relationship was it just reduces so much um and and we don't do that to heterosexuals either <laughs>
1: And it's like you know, I, my first relationship ended up being a, a woman. And I was what twenty three or twenty four, and it had taken me, you know, from birth to twenty four to end up in a relationship. But no one questioned if I liked men because I would still casually date men. I was just never in a relationship with them. Mm. But just to have that that period where I was with a woman, and people just completely invalidate it because I don't know, it makes more sense to them, I guess. Mm.
0: But th- there's also something to be said, and I, I love that you've touched on this. Um, we all do have experiences that impact us, and um, there's definitely layers there around the sort of experience you can have with one gender and not feeling like you need to um, relate that to the, the rest of the gender, like um, to females. If you've had a um, a really big experience with women and men, it can be really easy to then, like we do, especially when we've had a traumatizing experience or a rough experience, to say, "Look, women ask too much of me, or women are drama, or you know, men are all the unavailable." All of those sort of things. I think there's a layer there where, if you are, um, if you are a bisexual or pansexual, that there can be different emotions attached to different genders.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I. Yeah that's that's is very true to my experience as well I feel like recently um I've been more attracted to the male female dynamic because like you said I think it's often obviously generalization here but often it's an easier dynamic they expect less of you it's not as vulnerable a lot of the time I think when you're dating women they understand so many more parts of you mm. and be a woman. I think naturally it, it tends to feel more vulnerable, and sometimes I'm like I just want it to be easy.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: I completely,
1: yeah, I get it, and I think yeah. that
0: um, I think that lots of other people would. Can I, when it comes to having been in a relationship with a woman and and now going on dates with men and things like that, what have your um, I guess it's a bit hard to generalize isn't it what have been well let's see where the question goes what has been your experience with with women um and what's been your experience with men and some of the differences or similarities
1: I think look it's really interesting the first thing that comes to mind is I think I mentioned before I ended up in a relationship with a woman one of the first few women that I had experiences with and we ended up It was, you know, like really hard and fast. A lot of emotions on the table very early on, which you, in my experiences, I had to push the guys to just be honest a little bit with how they're feeling, Mm. but then you're in love with a woman. You know, it's it's so open. Mm. Um, And the first thing that comes to mind is, yeah, a lot of the qualities that I was really wanting in the men that I was dating, I wasn't getting. And so I met this woman who was kind and, and sweet and thoughtful and gentle and all of the beautiful things. And so I was like, you're it. Mm. I was like, great, perfect, locked and loaded. And it wasn't until, and it was during lockdown as well. So we sort of, I didn't really have that, the opportunity to go out and meet people and go on lots of dates and that kind of thing. It was like five kilometer radius. Here she is. Let's go. So I realized while after we were in the relationship, that we just weren't right for each other. Yeah. There wasn't, yeah, I think because she had all of the qualities that I wanted that I was never finding in men, I was like, great. But then, you know, it just sort of didn't work out. Mm. Um, and so that would be the the biggest thing for me is just the empathy and the communication and, yeah, just all of those things that I wasn't finding in the men that I was dating also I think it's important to mention that I've dated a lot of fuckboys. boys so this is not to generalize all men this is just my experience
0: Such a good point babe like I was sitting here thinking um the exact same thing like I um I'm in a space where I'm um where I'm open to men at the moment as well and there's just little reminders sometimes where I'm like oh yeah you're a boy but when it comes to but there was something I read the other day. Let me quickly find it. When it comes to actually, um, when it comes to it, there are these really beautiful men. I wish I could find this meme because it was such a good reminder. There are really beautiful men that can actually see you in that way. And that Absolutely. reminds us that, oh, my God, it's it's me going
1: for the wrong men. Like, there are Absolutely. beautiful men. Yeah. And, look, I've dated some really, really beautiful men. I've got yeah. lots of um, beautiful men in my life as friends. Yeah. And, yeah, I absolutely adore men. Yeah. But I think often I, particularly before I, like a, prior to a few years ago when I was exploring my sexuality with women, mm. I think at that point I was just stuck in a vicious cycle of fuckboys and toxic masculinity and mm. just things and that's unfortunately I was just you know in a in a cycle and so then to meet a woman that had all of those qualities that I mentioned earlier it was very polarizing mm. amazing this is everything I've ever wanted but it, it just wasn't the right person and of course you can be kind and sweet and thoughtful and all the things as well and so now I'm very much yeah open to both but at that time it was black wow. and white yes yeah
0: and when you i think this is really interesting whenever i do any relationship work as in um because i've been on my own for 3 years so at this point i've i've needed to explore what's going on here um because i yeah that's a whole other kettle of fish but when i explore okay so what were your you know how we look at attachment theory what were your original um blueprints of um love from a woman love from a man you know from your parents um, what were your first relationships? What what revolted you? What were you attracted to? And was that because you were triggered by it or because you saw it as comfort? There's so many layers. And so when you're a bisexual, there's twice the layers. And cool. so when would, like when I first came out, I would always have, okay, what did I learn from mum? What did I learn from dad? What did yeah. I learn from my male, female friendships and male friendships and relationships? And then what do I seek out in either gender now? There's layers and it makes so much sense to me that there's parts that feel really lovely to you and parts that feel like it's just never going to work.
1: Totally, completely. And I think interesting with what you just said about attachment and, um, you know, your experience as a child and that kind of thing with your parents. Like I would definitely say, you know, as a a kid, my dad was quite emotionally unavailable and struggled to speak about um, his emotions and show affection and all that kind of thing. And so I think... The validation, interesting to talk to my psych about this, but the validation from men is different to how I feel when I date women. And mm-hmm. I think, to be totally honest, I think there's an, a bit of like, it's a bit of the chase. Like you, they're being avoidant. They're not giving you what you want. So, of course, you want it more. You're going to chase it. But it's an un-dynamic. Yeah. But And I understand
0: that. And, girl, how many of, the, of us have been through that? I just there's this like 5 minute video I just watched. I think it's called who why we love who we love. I think uh-huh. it's called school of school of life. Um but it just looks at it was just a 5 minute thing exploring it all and explaining it so concisely and we repeat what's comfortable even though we know it's not good for us. Our subconscious seeks it out and that is so wild that even though we can intellectually know it's not good for us to chase the the fuck boys or the fuck girls that unavailability and then not having the confirmation of you know whatever we needed when we were younger, yeah. is replicated and boom we've got the haha this
1: is love, yeah, yeah totally, totally.
0: When you um when you were talking about that first relationship with the with the um woman that you saw is that um is that where things began for you like was there a day when you were like huh I'm attracted to women what sort of like came about there.
1: Um, it's funny, I think there were a few little signs a lot sooner. Like, it's funny, you sent me a list of questions. And some of them were um, things that I'd already sort of journaled about and considered having a chat to you about. And there was one question that I hadn't thought about. And I, when I saw your list of examples, I was like, I was transported back into my childhood. (laughs) And I can first the first sign, the first thing was I was seven years old. So, what is that, 2003? Britney Spears and Madonna making out of the VMAs. I was seven. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've really, oh, like completely forgotten about it. And I remembered, I was like, I remembered how that made me feel. I think that was like seven years old is pretty, it's pretty young to be thinking. Yeah. Maybe it's not, maybe this is normal. But I think that was my first little like oh,
0: like I think what? it is normal but like well I mean I don't know when everyone's developmental age is but I definitely remember moments watching Rage at 5am and being like oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <For> <laughs> iconic sure. moment, Britney and Madonna, iconic.
1: So yeah me against the music was definitely a bit of a queer icon for me yeah. but um I would say that was one of the, the first things and then again thinking back into sort of my later teenage years I think I'd just recently got an Instagram and there was this girl that I used to I followed and she was beautiful and I remember always like I would find myself late at night back on her profile and it was at a time when I was really insecure I would compare myself to other women or girls mm. um a lot and I think and it's funny to have like I think I was incorrect at the time, but I did have the awareness to go. You keep stalking this girl; it makes you feel shit. Block her so that you don't have to. She was like some famous someone around the world. I didn't know her personally, mm-hmm. and so I blocked her. And then when I started dating women at say 23, I had this that's so Raven moment where I was like, "Oh my god, I was hot for her." <laughs> and I do with those feelings. I thought I was jealous of her, but I was like, "No, I think she's really hot." Yeah, and I. What to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. I just I was like, oh, yucky feeling. I think I'm comparing her. Yuck, just block her.
0: Yes. Yeah. The do I want to be her or do I want to be on her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Right? It's a fine line. Yes. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So yeah.
0: Did you, did you um start to explore it in your teens or was it early, early twenties and when you were um Because I'm trying to think of my timeline. I think that's around the similar time. Like what was your timeline um, when you did start to, I guess, understand those feelings and validate those feelings in yourself?
1: I think, do you know what's interesting? And I spent a lot of time thinking about this and exploring this because it all sort of came out in lockdown. Mm. It's funny because like when I talk to a lot of my friends and I've asked them, I'm like, so when you were a teenager and you'd go out to parties, you'd make out with other girls, right? And they would all go, yeah, of course. And I'm like, not me. I don't know why, but I was robbed of that opportunity. My friends didn't make out with each other. It just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And from from what I hear, a lot of the girls would make out with other girls to get the attention of the boys. It wasn't necessarily because we wanted to make out mm-hmm. with girls. And I'm thinking, I just didn't get that experience. And I think I would have learned like I think I, I was 23 when I kissed my first girl and I was like oh, you're soft and there's no stubble and this feels and there's a boob there like it was so nice and I was like I wonder if my journey would have looked different yeah. if I have had this if I collected this data when I was a teenager like everyone else to figure out what you liked and what you didn't yeah but it yeah. for some reason it just never happened mm. Mm. That makes it makes
0: so much sense. You're so right. So much of and it still is a lot of men perceive um the woman woman thing as um performative. And it's like, nah, babe, I will be okay. your girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had one of um who was it? I think it was a friend of a friend. He'd seen my like coming out thing on Instagram. He was like, Oh, that's great. We, like, that's like you know, supportive And then he turned around and was like, Yeah, it's really hot. And I'm like, no. you- Oh, it's not really what I'm like I'm not doing this just for you to think I'm hot like <laughs> believe it you all it
0: girls that I've spoken to who the guys start really supportive and they go oh fuck that's hot And it's like oh you almost had it buddy you were almost supportive in a way that didn't sexualize me totally yeah
1: um but yeah just just going back to the question so that was sort of the teen years that I I didn't get to to explore that. Mm-hmm. And I'd what it on a couple of occasions I'd switch my um my Tinder and my hinge to females. Mm-hmm. And a few times I'd never really chatted with anyone. I think the the one person actually her name was Alana and she messaged me the, the only girl I ever spoke to up until this point in that kind of dynamic and she messaged me and said want a kiss. And I freaked out and me and the girls like Alana is still to this day a name that we mention because it freaked me out that she was so forward you can't get anything out of a guy on a dating app it's like you know boring small talk and Alana's just put her best foot forward couldn't want a kiss and it freaked me out wow I was like oh uh, I don't know I just freaked out and back to boys and that was you know then six months later flipped over to girls again I think it was two or three times before I actually Um, matched with someone that I had a a beautiful connection with and we started chatting and and that kind of thing. But it's this is my favourite part of the whole journey. I was sitting, it was lockdown, I'd gotten home um, one night and I was sitting in the car and I was like, all right, I'm going to do it, I'm going to flick it back to girls. Flick it back to girls and I'm sitting there and the first person that pops up on my screen is the sister of a guy that I used to sleep with. Back in the day. Really? Like, this is a bit like she's hot, super hot. And I was like, this is a bit, this is a bit bad. This is a bit cheeky. Probably very inappropriate. Hadn't spoken to the guy in years. And I was like, it's a bit of a power move. (laughs) And we matched. And then that she ended up being my first experience. And it was we, yeah, we always just, you know, it was just a really lighthearted thing that we would make jokes about
0: yeah did it click um, for you like what was the experience like both connecting with a woman
1: physically or emotionally yeah.
0: i guess both physically and emotionally like did it make sense or uh, the person who i interviewed yesterday said that they're coming out was like nemo from the anemone and finding nemo like they're going out of the anemone and coming back in yeah um, yeah, did it make sense or were you like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go back for a little bit now?
1: Um, no, it made a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Oh.
1: I actually thought like, and I looking back as well, I had no fucking chill with this girl. As well. I was like all cards on the table. I think you're sick. Like I was just like, this is amazing. It was, you know, and it's funny because her brother, back in the day, beautiful guy, but like bit of a fuckboy, and she was giving the same fuckboy energy so it was it was interesting that i had that kind of like masculine push pull dynamic yeah. but it was a, and so i told myself it would be different but it kind of wasn't
0: and so you'd met the person who you were um who you dated um yeah. and, you know you were in a relationship with was that where you came out or was there a time before that or after that where you came out
1: I actually came out a couple of months prior to that. Um, So it was pretty ballsy of me. I sort of came out when I like went on a few dates with the first girl that I was seeing. Um, So nothing had even physically happened, but I was like, fuck it. This is a part of me We're we're riding this wave. Like I'm doing it. I was just like, it just felt so affirming. I was like, I have to, I have to just do this. Um, It was in lockdown. So I had to call both of my parents separately which was a very interesting experience. And when I think of like my coming out experience in general, I do sort of, I sort of think of three different things. The first one was um, coming out to my mum, who I thought this one was going to be easy because as a kid or as a teenager, I should say, she actually said to me once, I'd never had a boyfriend and all of my siblings had always come home with boyfriends and girlfriends. And my mum pulled me aside and said, "Wait." if you're gay, just so you know, it's okay, it's (laughs) fine. And so I was like, "Mom, like I like boys, boys just don't like me. Like I don't know, I can't explain I haven't had a boyfriend but I promise I like boys, it's fine. And then so in my mind, sweet, she's easy. And it ended up being that she was the one that I had the worst experience with Mm -hmm. and fooled her. And I think that's where expectations come into it. And so, if I another thing I would kind of say to my younger self if I could, um, go into experiences with less expectations because expectations lead to disappointment. Just go in, you know, thinking whatever will be will be, and you'll feel better about it, because I went into the conversation with Mom and I. I was really nonchalant about it when I came out to my parents. I said, hey, you know how I've never had a a boyfriend? Well, one day I might have a girlfriend and I don't want, I want to rip the Band-Aid off now because I don't want to introduce them into any weirdness. I just want it to be something you've already gotten over. Yeah. And I said that and my mum just said nothing. So there was silence for about, realistically, it was probably about 30 seconds, which felt like 30 hours. Mm. And I had to break the silence and I said mummy you're going to say something and she just said I'm really shocked and I'm like are you because you're the one that put the seed in my head when I was 16 mm-hmm. so like maybe you saw something in me that I I didn't and so that was that was really hard um and I remember taking that really really personally and then she just completely emotionally bypassed it by telling me this great news that the next door neighbors were having a baby because they could have babies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that was really the only conversation that I had to have about it that felt hard. Um, I then called my dad, who I thought being Greek Orthodox, he was the one I had to worry about. Um, and so I have a being Greek, I have a yaya, it's my grandma, and I told him on the phone and he burst into laughter and I was like okay he's not angry so that's good but I don't understand what the laughter is and he said you thought that Yaya was upset with you when you told her you were vegan wait until she hears you're a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> it was just like such a nice little ice breaker and I was like dad that's not really how it works you know like <laughs> it would go either way yeah and he, yeah it was actually really beautiful because he was a lot more supportive than mm-hmm. um, I think it was gonna be um, and he was really sweet. Like when I would go over to Yaya's for dinner and stuff, he knew that telling her, she's 96, very stuck, like very classic Greek woman, um, he knew that telling her would cause her a lot of stress and it just wouldn't be sort of worth it. And he said, look, if you know, if you have someone you want to bring home, we will always love and support her and support the dynamic. But until then, if you're just kind of fucking around, let's not stress out your 96-year-old. Yeah. yeah, Cause you will not change yeah. her. I get it. Yeah. yeah. And so it was very sweet. He, um, he would not bring it up until say like, yeah, I yeah, put a blender on, or there was something loud happening in the background. He would go, are you dating anyone? <laughs> and it was, was trying to like show he was interested, but just kind of had to acknowledge that, you know, some people are just the way they are. And they've been that way for nearly a hundred years. Mm. Um, so that, that was mum and dad and then the third one was coming out to everyone else, which I didn't even really, my, a few of my closest friends I told, but I mostly just put it out on the internet and I fucking loved the way I did it, to be honest. Um, me and my best friend at the time, we were moving studios and we found this old IKEA um, closet in the back and I said to Montana, I was like, I've got an idea, can you just film me? And I kicked the back of the wardrobe in and I got inside it and, it, you know, gave her the cue, she started recording, and I physically came out of a closet. And I posted that on my Instagram and I put the music as um, I'm coming out. Who sings Yeah, that's that? what I pictured. My uh, mind's is- playing. Yeah, I know,
0: know the song that you're talking about and whoever's listening, if they could call in, they could tell us, but they can't. I can't, I can't for the life of me.
1: <laughs> um, Diana Ross. Yes. Well done. Okay. Well done. Yeah. Thank you, Del. <laughs> um, and I posted it and I kind of just said, you know, like I like boys and I like girls. And if you do too, that's okay. And it was just this really it the experience of coming out to everyone other than my parents was full of pride and empowerment and excitement. And it was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um actually I had so many people message me and say that from like me having the courage to do that. They'd come out to their family, or you know, they'd started experimenting and that kind of thing. So it was really sweet. It's
0: it's contagious, isn't it? It's really yeah. infectious seeing someone um happy to be themselves.
1: Yeah, 100 yeah. yeah. percent. So yeah, so yeah, a lot of different kind of emotions come to mind when I think of my actual coming out story. But um, yeah, I think the the most positive for me was just putting it out, putting it out there, just ripping yeah. the band at the same time fun and it's it was so anxiety inducing and you know like performance anxiety what if I don't know what to do and what if I'm not good and all of the things and then I just got in there and it was one of the most profound experiences of my life I've never felt more intuitive and confident and comfortable mm-hmm. and it, you figure it out. So if, if there's anyone listening that's a bit scared for all of those reasons that I said, just do it. If it's with the right person and you feel safe and comfortable, it, it, you just know what to do. And mm. I was scared that I wouldn't.
0: Mm. And I, in my experience, women are so understanding about letting it unfold.
1: 100%. Yeah. And we're so much better at communicating as well. Mm. When I'm more inclined to, and and that's the thing as well. Like communication sexually was a lot easier with a woman than it has been with a man. I think I've definitely fallen into the trap of, I guess that belief system that like, you know, sex is over when the guy's done, or like you know, like more prioritizing the male's pleasure over my own. Mm-hmm. But then with women, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's completely different.
0: It is completely different. It has raised the bar for me in so many ways. Totally. Yeah. Show me what I don't want in so many ways. And then as a whole, yeah, just raise the bar. Like the the sort of men that I feel attracted to now is so different to when I was like considered myself straight because, um, I've yeah, I think I just experienced respect.
1: Respect is a, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. 100%. If you were
0: to um if you were to do it again and you were like exploring all of this for the first time what advice would you give to yourself?
1: What advice? I definitely think I would looking back I wish I just gave myself permission to explore. Mm-hmm you know it was hard because in lockdown I didn't really have that freedom yeah but yeah I would say explore you know have fun make out with people on the dance floor and yeah just qualify people before you jump into a relationship whether they're a guy or a girl Mm. it's a really beautiful answer yeah I think it's really important yeah
0: how about people who are experiencing this for the first time who might have questions around, like, bisexuality and what feels real and um, if it matters what your friends think? What about um, those sort of friends who've had, who friends those sort of people who have had their, I guess, same sort of fears as you? What would you tell them?
1: I think just like have a really big think about how you feel and acknowledge that with yourself and then remember that what anyone else thinks doesn't matter. Mm. As long as you're being true to, which sounds so cliche, but as long as you are, you know, acting in alignment with your beliefs and your desires, you know, that's the right thing for you and people might struggle to understand it, um, but that says nothing about you or your experience it just has everything exactly right honey I completely agree yeah
0: thank you so much for sharing your story because there are so many stories like this where we feel like we feel like we're the only one going through it but what we don't know is that we're all so bonded by our doubts and our our worries you know there's so many common threads and it's really brave to tell the story that you have so thank
1: you thank you of course thank you for having me thank you for being
0: here honey